Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. We're in our series on what? We're in our series of calling those things that be not as though they were. And I want you to take some of these principles today and apply them to your life. You know, Jesus said this, to look at the unseen. Seeing things have become so real to some people, they forgot about the unseen. You find that in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. We can go there and you could see this. We live in a world that's natural. We're always constantly contacting the natural. Day after day, it's the natural. But the unseen realm is more real than the seen realm. But we almost are tempted, if we're not careful to believe it doesn't exist because we don't see it. Does that make sense? So I'm so used to like this. You think, I can hear it, I touch it, I feel it. It's here. But the unseen realm seems to be so far away. But look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Watch this. The Apostle Paul has literally said, look not at the things which are seen, How in the world are you going to look at something that you can't even see? Now, I want you to look at that now. We're really going to talk about this tonight. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. How in the world do you look at what's not seen? How do you you see what's not seen? See, this is what I'm saying here. You got to, I'm telling you, man, this is powerful. Paul's talking about the unseen principles, the principles of God's word. Now watch this, okay? These are the eternal force of the divine image. We're going to talk about all of it tonight, okay? That's why I'm going to go real slow. I'm going to kind of settle in this thing because if I go fast, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I told you, we're step, 2021 is going to be the great season of teaching, it's going to be a powerful season of teaching the word of God. So I want, I'm going to go real slow. So take out your notepad. We're going to go someplace here tonight, okay? So Paul is talking about the unseen principles of the word of God, okay? Which are actually spiritual laws and spiritual forces. So these things are in operation whether you see them or not. It's kind of like gravity. Gravity's there, man. You know what I mean? You can't deny it. It's there. You can't see it, but it's there. Okay. Now watch this. These laws, just like gravity of looking at the unseen, will work just like gravity's unseen. These laws work when you set them in motion. Okay. So if I drop it, like if I take my phone and go, oh, it's, see, I I don't see gravity. You see gravity? I don't see gravity. Well, look at this. Here's the law of gravity. See it? You can't see it, but it's still law. So when I when I when I do use the law, what goes up must come down like that, right? 
There's gravity. Now, what's the law? Well, you see the law of it. Did you see the law of it? It's an operation. Do you see it? The gravity's here right now. But when, like, look, gravity's here, right? My hands, but if I go, I'm putting the law in motion. That's the unseen realm. It's a, it's a law. It can go in motion, but you got to put it in motion. Now watch this. In other words, if you're looking only at seen things, the natural things, the sense things, it's only going to last for a while because we got to understand this. The things that are seen are temporal. You must shift over into the realm of the spiritual laws and start beginning to look at which is not seen with the natural eye. You look at things which are not seen with the eyes of the spirit and the eyes of faith. Now, now I want, watch, watch this now. He said, how do you do that? Okay, that means you look, now I want you to see this now. Go with me to Philippians 4, 4 and 8. Just go to Philippians 4 and 8. Now, I want you to see this. Now, y'all know, let's go read 4, 6, 7, and 8. It'll make more sense, okay? Now, just go with me to Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8, okay? And, and what are the things which are not seen, okay? Be careful for nothing. Don't have anxiety about anything. That's what he's saying, okay? Now, watch this. The things that are seen sometimes is lack, sick, messed up, Goofy marriage, whatever's going on, kids rebellious, whatever, right? Those are the seen things. Now, if they're good things you see, just keep saying the good thing you see. Like, if you've got a great marriage, you know what I mean? That's cool. Just keep reiterating those confident confessions, right? But let's just say if you're having financial problems or, or, or you know, physical problems or mental struggles or whatever's going on, maybe you have battles that you're, you're going through right now. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Now, look, it keep going. Now, watch this. And it says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds, what? As what? Through Christ Jesus. Now, look at verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You see that? Don't, don't look at what you see. Don't be anxious for the stuff you're seeing right now. Think upon this. Think upon the thing that's not seen. In other words, get your mind off your problem and begin to think on the things that are not seen, the things that you desire, the things you must learn to see with the eye of faith. The word temple means subject to change. Things you're seeing with the physical, natural eye are always subject to change when new spiritual laws show up. So many times what we see with our physical eye does not agree with the word of God. The world system sometimes shapes the things around us, but how many know God's word could, now, this is good stuff. God's word is ready to establish. Man, and I want you to see that. That is so strong. God's word is ready to establish the new. Mm. Look at this. Check this out. God's word. So many times that God's word is establishing the force. Now, I want you to see this now. This is very important. The world system 
or the problems of life or the worldly way of looking at it paints a picture. God's word is the establishing force of the image of the unseen thing. Does that make sense? So God's word holds an image. So if you're broke, God's word on prosperity shows me what? A new picture, but it also shows me the unseen thing. It gives me a picture. Sick, negative, lack, broken, whole, messed up, complete, whatever it is, that word holds an image. We should not allow the circumstances, the cares of life, to create images within us. Take the word of God and change things that are seen. Because the things you desire, okay, you got to replace the things you don't want to see in life. So you got to get the things you desire. So you say, okay, so let me explain it. Right now, your financial situation is bad, okay? That is not what you want to continue in. So what do I do? I find the word on prosperity, and I allow the picture of prosperity to become the image from the word of God. That's what he's talking about when Jesus was talking about that all the while when he brings us in there. We got to create the right images. Let me just, just write this down. You have to create the right images in your mind. We need to recognize it's God's word that will establish the image of the unseen within us. So you look out here and go, whoa, look at this. Now you got to put that image of that word in you. What does healing look like? You know, it's not H-E-A-L-I-N-G. It's the image of healing. Well, people get up. Well, people are walking. See what I mean? That's the thing. What the word says should create the image of what we expect, not what the world says. What the word says should create the image of what we expect, not what the world says. If you don't get rid of the image, okay, and look at the unseen you're going to only have the image of what is seen. That's what 2 Corinthians 4.18 was showing us. If you don't get rid of the image of looking at the scene and produce another image inside of you, then guess what? Affliction is going to show up. But if we will look at the things which are not seen, we should be able to take God's word and change the things which are seen, things we don't desire into the things we do desire. You know what I mean? Now, that's, that sounds like a little bit, I know, like, it could be like a little bit, like, even, um, um, okay, even like the offering trips we use, 638, right? Give, and it shall be given in you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, some men given to you for the same measure you mean it, right? He that sowed bountifully. These are scriptures that, like, Luke 638. How about 2 Corinthians 9, 6? You don't have to go there because I'm going to give you Philippians 418. He that soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Philippians 419, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. You may not see these things now with your physical eye, but they're very real. The word of God is more real than the broke situation you're in. They are shaped by God's word and your confession. When you look around you and you see lack, but God's word says give, guess what? You change the scene with God's word and you shape the unseen by calling things that were not as though they were. Man, now you better get that. Put that in the notes. Write that down. You change the scene with God's word 
and you shape the unseen by calling things that be not as though they were. That's Romans 4, 17. Did you, did you pull that in? I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it again. You change the scene, the broke, the sick, the messed up marriage, the messed up kid, whatever. You change the scene. I see it with God's word, and you shape the unseen by calling things that be not as though they were your confession. See that? Now, that's a law, okay? That's a law. That's right back to, that's right back to 1 Corinthians 2, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 27 and 28. And um, I want, just go, let's go there, because I mean, I got, I just keep pounding, you see what I'm saying? Is this kind of clicking? It's clicking and, you know, you're clicking a little bit. You're seeing it like, oh, I see what you're saying. I can't call it what it is. I got to call it what I want it to be. Yes. What shapes that image of what it's supposed to be? The word of God. Now I get the word of God and I go sick. And you say you got sick right here or you got messed up. Well, the Bible says this. He'll keep him in perfect peace who keeps his mind stayed in the Lord. So you might be having married problems. Look at even your married problems. You can say, we got married problems right now. What God has put together, let no man put asunder. I got grace for my marriage. You could go pick them forever you want. What God's put together, let no man put asunder. What's that mean? That means we're not going to be in this thing of, of, of this thing. Love your wife like Jesus loved the church. You know, I used to kid around. The church was laughing. I was like, I love my wife. You know what I mean? I love my wife. You know what I mean? And I was, I was kidding around. Like, that doesn't mean I don't love my wife. But how many know sometimes I got to remind myself to love my wife? How many know sometimes you got to remind yourself to love your kids? Because sometimes in life we start stressing one another out. And then we're like, oh, well, you know, well, what do I do? That's not, that's, not a, that's, not a, that's not a confession of, oh, I don't love my kids. I don't love my wife. How many you know I got to keep conscious? Con- confession keeps me and you conscious of what the word of God says about a subject in a situation. You know what I mean? So as we, we create that thing, we shape that world. Booker says, but God has chosen, you know this scripture, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and he's chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. Ooh, I like that. Can we look? Can we um um can we look at that in the amplified? You got the regular amplified. If you do, it says um no um God selectively deliberately chose what is in the world foolish. That's how it starts. It might not be the classic version. It might just be the regular straight amplified. But it says, but if not, it's fine. We can work it out. But I want I I just game changed that because I just found this thing in my notes. Look at this. Yep. No, look at this. No, for the selected. Look at this. No. It says no, right? That's kind of funny, right? It's like no. But we're like no, okay? No, for God's, what did God do then? He selected, deliberately chose what in the world is foolish to put the wise to shame and what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. And God also selected, deliberately chose what in the world is lowborn and insignificant and what, and, and look at this, and branded and treated with contempt. Even the things which are nothing, he, he might, what, depose and bring to nothing the things that are. God has chosen things that are, non, are not, that are not, to bring to naught the things that are. He's simply, what? 
He's changing this sense picture. Now, I, I can't, I could say this all day long because it's all about faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Is this not the element of faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 is faith is the substance. Faith is the raw material, right? One, one translation says this about Hebrews 11.1. 1, says this, faith is giving substance to the things hoped for to what you desire and what is not yet manifest to the physical senses. Did you get that? That's what one translation basically says. It says, one translation says, faith is giving substance to the things hoped for, to what you desire, and what is not yet manifested to the physical senses. Faith is the substance that God used to create the universe. He transported that faith with his words, and God used words as container to transport his faith into the nothingness to expel darkness. Now, I want you to see that. God, faith is the substance that God used to create the universe. He transported faith in words. So he took words, light, L-I-G-H-T, and in light, he put the light in that word and sent it into the universe. When God speaks, he fills what he speaks with faith. He uses words as a container to transport his faith out there into the vast nothingness, into the darkness, and change the world. That's what he did with light. He said, and light be. That's Genesis 1 and 3. But you don't have to go there, right? And light was. So faith, faith obtains, amen? But faith is like, he put, now you got to understand something. Faith obtains, but you got to get something here. Faith words are containers, okay? Man, you got to get that. Because, you know, God, faith is the substance of things. Faith is the substance of things, but you can't see faith. Okay? Faith is a spiritual force. You can't see my faith. Okay? But I got to get you something here. But you can see, you, oh man, this is so good. You can't, you can't see the air. You can't, you can't, you can't feel it or hear it. But God chose things you couldn't see to bring the not the things you can. That's why it takes the element of faith. See, this is where faith kicks in. See, because you, if you walk by sight, you're not walking by faith. You can't see faith. You see the results of faith, but you can't see it in the beginning of it. It's just acting on the word. And that's what starts happening. People are so self-conscious and world-conscious and life-conscious, they don't even try to venture out into this unseen realm, and they just like, well, I'll walk by what I see. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You ain't going to do that no more. Okay? You, you, you got to understand this. You got to operate according to this new law. This is how this works, the law of faith. He even talks about it. So how, how, in the world, how in the world do you do it? How do I change, how do I change things that are seen? New, now watch this. You change the things that are seen, okay, and, and you shape the unseen with words. Okay? Now watch this, right? So you don't, so how do I change, I don't like it. I don't like the broke. Well, then you get the word of wealth and, and, you, and, you, and you get that. Now, watch this now. In, they got, uh, let me show you this. Because if you see this, this is really good stuff. Now, there's a bunch of scriptures I can go to, but I, I, I got, for time's sake, I can give you a bunch of them as we go. But I want you to see this because I think this is really important you see this. Because, um, you know, 
some of the stuff I think sometimes gets in this thing, and then we and, and um we we, lo- we lose um I don't I don't want to say we lose the edge of it, but we lose the edge of understanding that man. This word is powerful. So now now I don't want you putting power in people. Put power in the word, and people got power. People got power. That means they got word in them. Look at Second Peter one. Look at Second Peter one, and let's start with verse two. And then we'll read 2 Peter 1, 2, 3, and 4. And you can read in, in uh, King James. Now, I need you to get this. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and the Lord, or, or Jesus our Lord. Now, watch this. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now watch this. His what? His divine power. Woo, you better get that right there. He's talking about divine power. That's given us all things through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. Now watch this. Watch this. Whereby are given unto us, see that right there? Exceeding great and precious promises. Now, now watch this, man. What is given to us? Exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises, word of God, we become a divine partaker. We might be partakers of a divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now look what he says. How do I escape the world? Or how do I overcome the obstacle I'm looking at? He said, you go over there and you get divine substance from the word of God and you change what you're seeing. Okay? Now, this is good, man. Now, he says that. But in the word is the power. In the word is the image. That's so important. We're going to look at that, man. Okay? That's what he was saying. You change it. Do you see that? Divine nature, partaker of a divine nature. Where is that divine nature? That divine nature is in the word of God. So you see that word? That word holds a picture. And when you get that word in your heart and out of your mouth and you start confessing that word and you start seeing that word and you start being a rejecter of what you don't want, man, you're going to start doing this thing. You're going to start, you're going to contradict the, the, the questions of the earth and this. So God's way of changing this thing, the seen, and establishing the unseen is with words. Is that okay? That's how he does it. You know what I'm saying? So now you got to get this now. So this, and then this is what you got to do. You got to get like Abraham in Romans 4. Man. You know what I'm saying? You got to become a Romans 4 kind of person. What do you mean here? He said against hope, believed in hope. Now, you know Romans 4, 17, you can go there if you want. It's good they see it, you know, with their eye. Romans 4, 17 says, what? As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations. Amen? Woo, look at this. Look at this. Romans 4, 17, before him even believed God who quickened the dead and called those things that be not as though they were. That's 16, 17. You know how it goes. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace, Right? As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and called those things that be not as though they were. Quickeneth the dead. Now watch. Check this out. 
Um, it was, now watch, it is God, God was calling it and Abraham was calling things that be not as though they were. I made, I made, God said, I made you the father of many nations. Abraham didn't even have a child at the time. But the Bible says he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Did you know that? That's verse 22. Right? You go down there, go down, you go down to Romans 4, you can see Romans 4, 422. He said what? And it said, therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. He believed. He believed that he, that's what happened in, in the beginning. He believed he was going to be the father of many nations. He didn't have a kid, though. But because he believed, because he believed, because he believed what God said, you see this now? He was accredited in righteousness. He didn't have no kid. Faith, faith opened the door to his righteous position, but he had to get over on the other side. Well, what did he do? My God in heaven. God changed his name. God had promised Abraham something that it was absolutely impossible in the natural. Abraham is too old. Sarah is too old. But guess what? It wasn't going to work in the natural. So what did God do? God, God, man, you want to know something? God changed both their names. He called Abraham the father of nations. He called her. He said, Sarai, you'll be Sarah. He changed her name too. means the mother of nations. Every time Sarah and every time Abraham heard themselves speak to one another, they were talking to themselves, mom and dad of nations. Everybody's name's getting changed. And I told you, God gave you the promise to change the way you He gave you a book full of promises. I don't, I, I, I don't, look, I don't look like I got no money. Well, you look like Abraham got no kids. Stop telling me what you don't have and tell me what you could have. My body's messed up. You look like Abraham ain't got no kid. Stop. You got to start learning. Man, guys, I'm telling you, this is a spiritual. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. God changed the scene and shaped the unseen by using words. Your words or your mouth are going to change and shape the world you live in. That's how God did. He spoke it. You keep, call, keep calling yourself broke. That's all you're going to be. But that's what I see. I didn't ask you to tell me what you see. Keep talking. Your marriage all dead. Go ahead. Keep it up. You're doing great. You're going to have what you say. Look at Mark, look, 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 this is the faith of God. You don't understand, words are faith principles, guys. This ain't no confession goofiness. It's a, in Mark 11, verse 20, he said, had a God kind of faith. You want to see this? This is where Jesus, he cursed the fig tree. Peter freaked out, man. And he goes, he goes like this, man. He goes, man, that fig tree you cursed has withered away and died. And in the morning, he passed by, and they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, the fig tree which thou hast cursed is withered away. Jesus like, no, duh. Everything I say comes to pass. What was Peter saying? I got to see it to believe it, Jesus. He's like, I believed it when I said it. I don't need to see it to believe it. And Jesus said, Peter, what? 
have faith in God or have that God kind of faith? Well, what does faith in God do? Now, I'm okay with that. You want to just stay there? Look, look, go back to that one little spot right there where they said, they said okay, we, some translations say have the God kind of faith. I don't care. Have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. Be a faith person in God. Answer it, said, have the God kind of faith. Well, what do you think the next thing Jesus is going to show them to do? This is what the God kind of faith does, and this is what faith in God does. What's that? Verse 23, for verily I say unto you, this is Jesus talking to Peter. Peter, look, this is for verily I say unto you. Who? Jesus is saying, Peter, I'm telling you, this is how you do it. Now, look, you going to get my take on this? Okay, now I'm, you see I slipped in? I didn't just slip in the chair. I'm leaning back now. Let me just roll with you here because Jesus is tripping people out. Jesus, time out. This is the New Jersey Italian in me. Why in the world are we going to a fig tree to look for figs and there ain't no figs this season? I got a fig tree in my backyard. I planted a fig tree in 1996 or 97. I think it's monstrositous. It's huge. I'll take a picture of it one day. The thing comes into bloom more than once a year. It's crazy. But I know when it don't have no figs on it because it's barren. Why in the world are you taking these guys to go look for something that is not developed on the tree? That don't make any sense. So Jesus is teaching from the beginning of the thing going, I'm going to go look for figs in the seasons when figs have not been developed. I'm thinking like this is my take on it. Do what you want with it. Jesus, this ain't about figs on a tree. This is about faith in a man. That Peter, just like that tree, you're undeveloped in your faith that you should have been developing by now. But because you're not, let me go teach you how to develop it. So just like you don't see this fig tree producing, when I speak the word and curse it, I showed you the power and potential words. So now let me show you what faith of God looks like and faith in God and having the God kind of faith is. Thank you for the instructions, sir. Where do we pick up? We pick up in Mark eleven twenty three. He says, therefore, verily I say in you that you, Peter, now this is what he's saying, that whosoever, Peter, you, me, Mary, Joe, Bob, Steve, shall say unto the mountain, the problem, the obstacle, the thing, the stuff, the broke, the sick, the lack, the jacked up marriage, the screwed up mental space, whatever is going on, be thou removed. Be thou cast to see. Fancy word for what? I am going to change what I see. I am going to change what I feel. He is saying, this is how you change the scene and find the unseen. I don't want, be thou removed. Mountain is an obstacle. He ain't talking about going to Mount Rushmore like some wackadoo and talking, oh, mountain, go. Oh, mountain, go. That is not what he's talking about. He's talking about speaking to situations, problems, circumstances, things you don't want to see, things that don't line up with the word of God. Be thou removed. Be thou cast in the sea. Now watch this. And shall not doubt in his heart. Now I'm going to tell you right now why doubt in the heart is dangerous. All right? Because doubt in the heart is where the other side of the mouth connects. See, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. 
So if your heart has a differing opinion in your mouth, we got a problem. So you got to connect your words with your beliefs, okay? So that takes a little time. That's why you got to put those beliefs in you. So you got to go eat some prosperity before you speak some prosperity. You got to go eat some healing before you're going to go speak some faith-filled words because God could turn around. But what? But doubt in his heart. So doubt in your heart just means this. Don't, don't screw up your mouth and your agreement in your heart. I don't need to go there. I've taught you that a thousand times, but you need to know that. But you shall believe. Now, there you go right there. Now, God is wanting you to put yourself on the same, in the same class as God. And that's why men have problems with this. Men and women have problems with this. Because you live beneath your potential because you don't know who you really are. But he didn't say believe what God said, did he? He didn't say believe, believe what was written about you, did he? Now, those are all truths, but I'm playing with your head right now. He didn't say believe what Jesus said about you, did he? He didn't say believe what Paul said about you, did he? He didn't say believe what Peter said about you, did he? He didn't say, come on, P. Diddy, what did he say? He <laughs> come on, Diddy, Diddy. <laughs> he said, did he? Come on, did he? No, he said, believe what you say, but whoever shall believe, but who shall, watch, and sound not down his heart, but shall believe that things which he said. He said, well, go right, go, leave it right there. Go back, watch, let me see. I'm screwing it all up in my mouth because I got Diddy in me, right? Believe that those things which he said, you got to believe the things you say shall come to pass. Right there, if you started believing everything that came out of your mouth, you stopped talking silly. But believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever God said. And he shall have whatsoever Jesus said. And Peter, and Paul, and he say whatsoever you say. You say. My God in heaven. See that right there? So what do you say about a matter? Man. That's what Isaiah was saying, Isaiah 46, 8 through 10. Go there, let them see that one. Because God ain't talking normal. God's been talking riddles for, for decades, man. My God in heaven. See, faith always sees. We're going to look at them. In, but look at Isaiah 46, 8, 9, and 10. This is good stuff. We could King James it. Look at, think of this thing, right? Look at, you got verse 8. Beautiful. Remember, think about this and try to get your head around this one. Try to get your head around this one. Let me see if you can do this one. Look at this one, right? Oh, I know what I did. I know what I did. You know what I did? I put it in the message. You got to read. Let's read it. Let's read it in the King James, and then you got to read it in the message. Remember this, and what? Show yourselves, right? Bring it again to mind. Oh, oh, oh you got there. Oh, you got, yeah, 46. Yeah, yeah, eight. Watch this, right? Oh, you transgressed. It's going to read way better than the message. Look at verse nine. Keep going. Right? Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is no one else like me. Watch this. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand. Look at it in the message 8, 9, and 10. This is so good. Because I, I, was, I was digging in and I was like, That reads good, but this reads so much better. He says, Look at this as a message. He said, Think about this. I'm going to give you a minute. This is so good. So I want you to pull this in. He wants you to get your head around this one because this is how God talks. So you say, well, I don't want to be like that because if you like that, you're, you're lying. You ain't lying. Think about this. Wrap your minds around it. 
This is serious business, rebels. Take it to heart. Talking smack. Remember your history, your long, rich history. I'm God, the only God you've had or ever will have. Woo, incomparable and irreplaceable. That's God just telling you who I am. From the very beginning, telling you what the end will be. He ain't saying, he said, I'm calling the end from the beginning. All along, letting you in on what is going to happen. Assuring you, I'm in this for the long haul, and I'll do exactly what I set out to do. Did you pull that in? Did you get that? He said, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. Don't go trying to get in the way of it. You're going to see it come to pass. My God in heaven, I'm telling you right here now. Because this is big. Because you got to remember this, right? Listen, you got to get rid of wrong assumptions. Words produce images inside of us. But if sometimes we get these images messed up because we got wrong assumptions and, like, we start thinking, like, oh, you know, like, I get people all the time, well, God doesn't want to do that for me. Man, God wants to do the word of God for you every time, even if you're a complete wackadoo in your behavior. God doesn't leave his word. He can't. He's bound by his word to perform it. Now, I said that, like, this thing, right? My God, I'm telling you, this is true, right? Don't get the wrong image based upon who you think God is. God is his word. I say that kind of like I'm getting you because I want you to see this. Man, you got to create the right images. Because the minute you start getting wrong images, your fate's going to go down this wrong image trail, and we got a problem. The enemy knows he don't want you getting the right image. You know, that's that scripture. Look at this. You want to see the scripture? i got to find it. These things are coming to me. I didn't have these in my notes, you know. And sometimes uh, uh, I, I get to say, see, he's trying to keep you. It's 2 Corinthians, and, 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 and I want you to see this. Because the devil don't want you getting the right image of who you are, because the minute you get the right image of who you are, you become trouble. So he starts messing with the way you see yourself, and that's why in 2 Corinthians, he, 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 same image, 2 Corinthians, let's look at 2 Corinthians 3.18, and then I want you to almost look at 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. That's what the whole thing was talking about when he gets over there on the other side, and he starts talking about that. Look at 2 Corinthians, but we all would open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. That's the mirror of the word of God. That's that James mirror he talks about. Whoever looks into the mirror of the word of God, he sees the right image, not like a natural mirror, but a supernatural mirror supernatural image, a mirror, changed into the image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We're changed into the image of what? The Word. Divine partaker. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.4. Now, you see that right there? 2 Corinthians 4.4? Man, this one's going to mess you up. And then you knew what happened when we went on there, right? Because this is where he talks about, remember verse 18, don't go there. He said, don't look at what the temporal things, because the temporal things are subject to change. This is the whole thing here. All for, it's like about the image. Change it. In whom the God of this world, the devil, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. So where you don't believe, he's trying to keep you blind. He doesn't want the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image, the light of the glory. So the gospel is the image of God? Yes, it is. He don't want you getting a sight of the image of God through the word. Are you seeing this? He don't want you getting this image. He said, you get it? Watch. Look, at the God of this world is trying to keep them blind. Why? He don't want these lost people to know they can be saved. But guess why? He don't want the saved people to know they got power. 
who is the image of God. He don't want you to see the image. Now, I got news for you. This ain't no, this is not a word book. It's a picture book. There's a picture of victory. It's not just words. Does that make sense? It's a picture book, man. And faith's got sight. Faith always sees. See, Abraham didn't see with physical eyes. He seen it with spiritual eyes. It ain't blind. Who against hope believed in hope. I didn't tell you he mastered it, but I'm going to tell you what. He would consider not. Staggered not. Gave glory to God. Now, you got to renew your mind. Now, let me tell you right now, we're going to stop with this one. You got to renew your mind to this kind of thinking. There ain't, a, there ain't a person in this building watching that don't have to renew their mind. I got to renew my mind at another level. You got to renew your mind at your level. Somebody else ahead of me has got to renew their mind at another level. You don't ever stop renewing your mind with God. It's a constant, ongoing process. You never arrive. Just when you think you figured out a little bit about God, he shows you another side of him. He's impossible to catch. You know what I'm saying? Playing hide and seek with God is miserable. Because once you think you got him, he, he moves again. To get rid of the scene or what seems to be, you must get your mind and spirit programmed to the word of God. That you'll reject everything else that the natural and the enemy have to offer. Your spirit, ooh, you better get this. Your spirit, your spirit will say, nah, you better get rid of that. Now, you got to train yourself. If you ain't trained, to sh you got to start shaping the unseen by the word of God. You get that? So I got to call it. You got to call it. Shape the unseen with the earth. So you got, you got sick, broke, busted, disgusted. Now I ain't living in that. And I, it, now don't be like, I told you, I've been telling you about this whole series. Right? Don't be one of those deniable Christians. It ain't there. We don't got no problems. You know, you got some stuff. So let's fix the stuff by getting the truth of the word of God. So you see what I'm saying? Now, but what do you do? You not, well, Pastor Chris, you've been talking about this for a month. And you've still been calling everything the way you see it and not the way it's supposed to be. You see what I'm saying? Man, you got to get this thing. You got to get this thing. Let me show you this. Very important. Abraham staggered not, considered not. This is what I'm saying, right? He didn't say, can you imagine this guy? Well, you know, we're just looking at him because we can't, right? Right? It's like, it's like Joshua, um, it's like Joshua 1.8. You know, we can go to Joshua 1.8 right after this, but you can go there. He said, meditate. Now, I'm going to show you how to renew your mind. You got to meditate, okay? And I can't do that all in a couple of seconds I got here. But this is what I want you to see. What did Abraham do? He shows us. He's like, call yourself Abraham. You ain't got a kid. He, he, didn't look at, he didn't look at the natural circumstances. Even though the natural circumstances were pulling him out of faith and he had questions for God, he knew this. If I'm going to get good at this, I got to consider not the messed up situation. I got to stagger not at the situation I can't see. And I got to just keep calling myself what God called me, even though I don't understand it. Because look what it says in Joshua 1 8. It said, The book of the law, which is the word of God, shall not depart out of my mouth. Ooh, there we go. But thou shalt meditate there in day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. 
right? What's that mean? Speak that word. Woo! Speak it. Get, keep speaking it. You don't know when. You don't know. Listen to me. We don't know how sometimes, but he's going to do it. And I'm going to tell you what. Some of you, I'm going to talk about this too. You got to be quiet. Stop saying what you don't want to have. You got to clarify your mouth. <laughs> don't say what God says. Man. Maybe I'll talk about this. Maybe I'll talk about this next week. You got to only say what God says. Why? Because if you don't say what God says, you can't get what God said you can have. Meditate, meditate day and night that thou may observe to do. So keep that word. What does God say? So this is how you do it, right? Let me just show you and then I'll let you go. All right, you're broke right now. What do you do? You got to call prosperity. You don't want broke. If you keep saying I'm broke, what are you doing? You're calling it. Like, like you ever do this, I got this, you know, you ever, you ever like call your dog? You know, you call your dog, right? I got this Sammy dog. Sammy, come here, right? When Sammy comes here, right, if he's over there standing there, Sammy, come here. He's here. Sammy, come here. That dog right there in front of your face. I don't need to call, I don't need to, he's here. He's here. When I, when I can't see him and he's off, off all there, when I tell him to come, when you, now I need him to come. If you keep calling what you see, that's all you're going to have. That's all you're going to have. So keep calling that marriage broke. It'll be a broken marriage the rest of your life. Keep calling yourself a victim. I'm broken. I'm the, listen to me, guys. I understand this, and I ain't playing with this now. There's some people going through some stuff, but you can't keep calling yourself broken. You can't keep calling yourself depressed. Well, what are you going to do if you call yourself depressed? You're going to call depressed just to keep coming. That's all you're going to get. If you keep calling sick, well, you know I'm sick. That's all you're going to get. I didn't say deny it. I'm not saying it's not. Come on, guys. Hear my heart. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm not saying you're not fighting and battling. I know you are. But if you just keep calling it what it is, how in the world are you going to get something different? You can't get, if you just keep calling what's right in front of your face, how are you going to, you got to call it. If, I, if the dog's sitting right there, I say, come here, Rover. Come here, Fido. He's sitting right there. Come here. Come here. He's sitting right there. What do I got to do? I got to call. I got to call what's not. I got to call it in. I know the analogy's horrendous, but you get what I'm saying. It's like if you just keep calling broke, you're going to keep broke. If you just keep calling sick, you're going to, I'm sick. I'm sick. That's all you're going to get, sick. I'm the healed of the Lord, and I say so. Come on, somebody. You got to call something different. Now you say, well, you know, by God in heaven, my heaven, I'm not going to work like that. That's what God did. He called those things that be not as though they were. Stop living a natural-minded life and stop living a mindset of this is what it is. This is not what it is. This is temporal. What it is is what God said. And really what you're doing is you're getting the kingdom of heaven to manifest in the earth, and that's what God's wanted all the while. And we're teaching these principles. And I know tonight was a little deeper. You know, it's kind of like I got I to, gotta like, put the pieces together. But if you start putting these powerful truths, yeah, what have I been saying? What have I been saying? The more you start saying what God says about a matter, the more you're going to start seeing God in the matters of life. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for each and every person watching tonight. I thank you, Lord, they shared it. 
I thank you, Lord, they received from it. I thank you, Lord, we touched the lives of people. I thank you, Lord, we're, we're believing God that we're gonna start calling things. We're gonna call things the way you want them to be called. We're gonna speak things the way you want them to be spoken. And we're gonna do things the way you want to do it. And we're gonna reprogram our mind to operate and function the way you want us to because we know that the God's greater blessing is waiting for us the more we focus on calling things that be not as though they were. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Listen, guys, I love you. Don't forget, you know what? Tomorrow, like I said, we're having a special, maybe you just tuned in a little late tonight. Tomorrow, we are gonna have a special Christmas Eve service. All the details, somebody will put them up in the comments under there or something like that. Maybe they'll put a little graphic over here telling you about the Christmas. It's probably right here, right now. No pressure, staff. Right here, right now. To say what? It's about tomorrow night. Special. We've got some special music. We got a special message from me and Pastor Liz. We're excited to share Christmas with you. I promise you this. I know as we get ready to spend time with the loved ones that we have, we're going to see you Sunday on the weekend. But I just want to let you know. I know I'm going to say it. Some of you, this is the last time I say, it. have a Merry Christmas from me, Pastor Liz, the kids, the staff, your relevant church family. We love you guys. We know 2020 has been a little challenging, but I promise you this, God's been faithful. It's been a year of our expansion. It's been pretty wild. You know, sometimes it's really wild to see what God is doing. He's so faithful. But 2021 is really gonna be a brand new season for all of us. We want you to enjoy your fellowship with your family. Enjoy your time to be together. Catch tomorrow's service if you can. But if I don't see you from then to now, I want you to have a Merry Christmas. And we know why we celebrate. We celebrate for us, our Savior and our King Jesus. He's paid the price for us. Take these special times to be together. Know that we love you and we care about you. And we're going to see you soon. We'll see you then. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.